If resistance couldn't be beaten, there would be no Fifth Symphony, no Romeo and Juliet, no Golden Gate Bridge. Defeating resistance is like giving birth. It seems absolutely impossible until you remember that women have been pulling it off successfully with support or without for 50 million years. That's from The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. If you haven't read this book, you should. It's a great book. Welcome back, everybody. We are here yet again for another brand spanking new episode of The Poptimist. Yes. We got Millhouse behind the boards doing all the wizard wizardry. Yep. Successfully. As usual. Right, Millhouse, successfully? Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Every time. Remember to like and subscribe uh, for the show. Tell a friend. Do all that good stuff. You can find me on Instagram as the underscore Poptimist, as well as Taylor Berryman on Facebook. We do have a new episode of Man of Science, Man of Faith out this week, where we are talking about Nebraska by Bruce Springsteen. How you doing, Millhouse? What's up? I'm doing pretty good, man. Just taking a chill. Got off work. Doing pretty good. How are you? Good. I had a lot of fucking anxiety today. Really? And I felt it a little bit yesterday. Yeah. I've been going hard for like the past seven days without a real break. Just like doing shit, doing shit, either recording, podcasting, whatever, driving. And uh, I I could feel it catching up with me today. I was going to go drive today. But I went to the post office to uh, to drop off some baseball cards I sold over eBay. Nice. And I was getting that nagging feeling like I shouldn't drive today. I've been going too hard. I'm. I know once I start getting anxiety that I've been going for too many days in a row. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I, I feel that whenever I go really hard for like a really long time, I start. I don't really uh, really get what you're saying with the nagging feeling, but I just get irritable. I just get like visibly irritable. Um, and then the longer that I just don't stop or don't take a break, I just keep, it just keeps building until I have like a day where I can just chill out for a minute. It's hard for me to take those days. Me too. I don't like doing it, but it's absolutely necessary. Like I probably worked between doing all the things that we're doing and then just driving so I can make money. Probably straight up like seven or eight days in a row. Yeah, and we had kind of had like a Friday, well, a Saturday, Sunday, and then all this week I was driving because we we recorded with Josh. And was that last weekend or the weekend before? I thought it was last weekend. It was probably last weekend. It just all blurs together after a certain point. Yeah. Things are going so quick, but I knew I had to do something good for myself today. Something that's been nagging at me for a very long time. Yeah, which was I went down to Broadway to listen to music. Oh, really? Yeah, it's been a long time since I've done it. You know, I've never made the effort just to go down there and listen. And when, when I left earlier, that's where I was going. I went down there. I had anxiety driving there the whole fucking way. Really? Yeah. What, what was your anxiety about? Do you know? Like, it's, it's just so many different things. Like, I get into my own head about doing something new because I feel like I have to soak some stuff up before I try and make the leap and go down there. And I know that's the first step of that. So that was probably in my head. I drove around for 10 minutes looking for a parking spot, even though there was nothing but parking spots. I was like, I can't park here. I can't park here, even though I could. And then I just parked back at the first place that I went to. Yeah. 
And on the way there, dude, I was just, I was in my own fucking head about everything. Dude, that, that's like a, a true social anxiety. Like a lot of people can relate to that. I can relate to that for sure. Like if I'm going somewhere without anybody, like going somewhere alone to me is the hardest thing. Without if without a friend of any kind, yeah, you know nobody to talk to. You have to go to this place alone. I mean that's that's a social anxiety I definitely have. So I relate to that. Well, I don't know how much of it is the social anxiety. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to get friends to go down there with me for the past couple of weeks, and no one will go down there with me. Uh, everybody always cancels on me at the last minute, or they're like, "No, I'm busy," because no one wants to fucking go down to Broadway who lives in Nashville, and I can't because I'm not 21. So I think. Up until a certain time, you can. Mm, okay. But, um, yeah, I got out of my car, started walking across the bridge. Um, and you, dude, the pedestrian bridge, dude, that's a fucking hike walking on that bridge. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's a good cardio workout. You feel you feel it in your abs <laughs> after. You're like, God damn. I had to carry fence panels across that bridge. Oh, fuck, dude. <laughs> that seems like Kevin work, bro. It, in August. In the heat of August. That's horrible. <laughs> But by the time I got two thirds across the bridge before, like right as I started doing the descent, I felt a lot better. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I'm down here. Um, And then I walked around for maybe 10 minutes before I picked where I was going to go. That seemed emotionally non-threatening to me. (laughs) And I went into um, Nashville Sporting Club. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a downstairs where Paradise Park used to be. You you probably never got to go to Paradise Park. Well, I think they have Paradise Park there now, but it was like a trailer park themed bar. Oh, wow. And they have great burgers. That was the end of the night spot on Broadway. Mm. Nice. So you, you went there. Did you, Was it good? Did you- yeah, it was good. I, I saw the band. You know, I had eaten dinner a little bit early. Yeah, I was like, I have to emotionally prepare myself because I'm going to be hungry and, and irritable and sad if I don't. But I went and I saw this band play and they played like this version of Jolene. That was really good. The singer, her name was Ivy Andrews. Mm. She was excellent. And the guitar player, he was Dean Sizemore. I don't know what the bass player in the drummer's name was. The bass player sang one or two as well, and he was pretty good. Um, but it was really cool to see them. They were a good band, and it was exciting just to uh, to be there. I ordered a Coca-Cola. Nice. Bartender didn't charge me. No, <laughs> no one wants to fucking open up a tab for just... A Coca-Cola. A, a Coca-Cola, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of a one-off I thing. didn't have any cash, so I felt bad about it. I was like, well, <laughs> I, guess, I guess this is okay. But yeah, I, I had a horrible fucking anxiety about it, just going down there. Yeah to listen to music because I really want to start playing down there and I know I have to expose myself and get comfortable to it. Yeah. Dude, yeah, I feel that about anything. Like, the worst anxiety I ever had with that was when I went and first played uh, a jam because I went alone. Yeah. It's that same... Are you talking about that same kind of anxiety? Jam anxiety, bro. Dude. Absolutely. I felt that many a times driving over to Kara's jam. Yeah, well, the first time I went, I went without... Our last roommate. I went alone. It was the first time I went, and I had so much anxiety. I mean, the whole night. I, Is this I, when it was uh, the one at the local still, or was it at Music City Bar? It and was Grill? at Music City Bar and Grill. Yeah. Um, I like. I introduced myself to Kara. I was like, "Yeah, I'm Taylor and Garrett's roommate." You know, just kind of tried to talk to people, but I was so anxious. 
I mean, and like the whole the whole drive. If, if you know you're going to do something like that or you're going to try something new, you think about it or I think about it the whole day. I do too. I've been telling myself this has been on my to do list to go down there alone and listen to music. No joke for like three months. Every single month I write it on there and I chicken shit out every single time. And it's the same anxiety I felt when I first started driving for Uber. Like I would go, I would go somewhere that wasn't busy on purpose and I turn my app on and I wait for like five minutes and then I'd shut it off and go home defeated. Damn. Yeah. I kind of did. I did that with, when I did, when I had fleet or whatever the postmates, cause like I didn't know the town. I don't still don't know the town that well. So I'd just stay in East Nashville or like, you know, go over to Opry Mills in our, you know, our little area. I wouldn't like venture out towards like Bellevue and like all that. Yeah. All that craziness. Dude. But yeah, it, it's hard sometimes. Um, the crazy thing is, is like other people, non-musicians, people that aren't trying to like make it in any kind of way like that have no problem going down to Broadway. Oh no, dude. dude they, they come here from <laughs> all fucking over from Arizona, Florida, yeah. Chicago to come see the music. And, and it's funny to think of it in that way because it's such a large part of the culture and I've been down there a million times. Yeah. But it, it was always to try and get laid or to... <laughs> To pick people up because I'm driving, something like that. And I remember the first couple of times that I drove downtown when I was doing Uber and I had had anxiety being around all those cars. Oh, yeah. But I also knew that by doing taking this first step and allowing myself to go do this, that it's going to open doors and I'm, I'm going to be able to yeah. do other stuff. It's going to give me the courage. Like, And now I'm not afraid to go down there. And that was the biggest thing that I had to to conquer was my fear of like going down there to listen to music. And really it's not bad. Yeah. It's sweet home Alabama and like Shania Twain and shit like that, which is journey covers. And yeah, you know, know, it's just, it's just a bunch of covers and I don't mind the idea of playing covers for money. I don't think it's bad at all. There's a lot of musicians in town who shit on that and they shit on Broadway musicians. And I feel it's very unfair also, the major labels do as well, too. They, you get uh, typecast as a Broadway musician. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. For sure. Huh. Yeah, I'd say that it's like the unglamorous side of the music industry, just playing covers, though. You know? It, I, I honestly think it is one of the more glamorous sides. Really? In my opinion, yeah, because... If you think about it, the stakes are low. You're doing covers. It's not serious. To drunk you know? people. It's, it's fun. Yes. Yeah. It's fun. And the people love it. Yeah. I've given so many rides to tourists, which by the way, there's a lot of tourists in town this past week. They're back. And I'm happy to see them. Yeah. I'm happy that they're back. But they always ask, oh, what is it? Like, what? Are, why'd you move to Nashville? And I tell them, I'm a musician. I do a podcast, yada, yada, yada. Um. Tell them to follow me on Instagram, listen to the show, all that <laughs> shit. And uh, yeah, they, they always are so curious what, what it's like to to live here and be here yeah. and to be trying to do it. It's been interesting. You know, I would say that before the pandemic, I used to shit all over tourists, you know, just be like, why are there so many people here? And then when it stopped, dude, I, I missed it, you know, because both of our works basically went away there for yeah. a bit 
Uber went away, and then you know what I do went away. Well, it so, wasn't so much for me that that the rideshare thing went away. It was more so that it just wasn't tourists because a bunch of drivers quit, so the level of business stayed the same. Yeah. But I've I've missed having people from out of town come visit. Yeah. It's nice when they visit. Yeah. They're so excited to be here and people want to shit all over the bachelorettes. They want to talk so bad about them, but I, I love it when they're here to visit and they're yeah. excited to be here. Yeah. And they talk about how friendly Nashville is and how great of a town it is. And it's true. And if it were, if it wasn't for them, you know, like we wouldn't be able to do what we want to do or we wouldn't be able to do, you know, what we do already. Um, you know, like, playing the bars and like wanting to play the bars and stuff that wouldn't be like a job that we could obtain at any point if it wasn't for tourists. So, yeah, I mean, really they're the ones that, you know, keep it running here. 100% dude. Because I don't think with just the people here alone, like it could stay popping like it is. We'd have to, we have to have tourism to stay popping. I mean, every, every time now, and before I used to shit all over this, Every time I see one of those uh, bachelor party buses, I used to shit all over those people. You know, why, why are you on that? But now I'm like, yes. That's giving every, us work. Every That's... time I see a full bus of bachelorettes go down the street, I'm like, yes. They're back. They're back. <laughs> They're back and giving us work. I was so fucking busy last week. Yeah. I drove a ton. And I'm, I'm grateful. But it, now I'm, I'm heading into a different phase where it's like, I'm really honestly desperate to be on stage. And I've never really felt that way before. I've never been concerned with playing live all that much. I've played a million gigs, you know, all sorts of gigs, doing all sorts of shit, playing in cover bands, playing with Emma, Dustin Sellers, even in Nashville. But it's a lot of the places I've played were in East Nashville and then the different locations of the different jams. Yeah. So what is that place that you played at with, uh, with Tristan, uh, your first gig? Oh, man. We played at uh, this uh, house party in Murfreesboro. Yeah, but it, it was... Oh, um, no, we played Twin Kegs too. Twin Kegs too. That's what I was thinking of. I've, I've done the jam there. Yeah. Of course, at the uh, the country, which is now the local, mm-hmm. or vice versa. I can't, I can't remember what the name of it is now. And then uh, Bourbon Street Blues and Boogie Bar. I've never heard of that. That's in Printer's Alley. Mm. It's a really cool place. And the music there, like uh, Terry Goose Downing plays there mm. a lot. And uh, it's just like old school Nashville cats. Nice. Like they're well-oiled ma- machines. Yeah, they're musicians, musicians that play there. Nice. I'll have to check that out. I'm really into that. I, I'm really into seeing like the locals play, like guys that have been here for ages. Oh, yeah. You know, because that's why the jams are good. Those are the guys that shred. Yeah. That's why I love. Yeah. That's why I love the jams, because it's all these, you know, old guys getting up there and just absolutely rocking. Because they've been doing it a long mm-hmm. time. Yeah. And they have a lot of experience. Yeah. It's intimidating trying something new. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it is. I remember walking into Music City Bar and Grill and seeing Larry on the organ dude and he was r.i.p rip yeah he was killing it dude and i've never felt more intimidated than then you know because at the time me and you weren't friends really i just moved in and um did i tell you to go to that gym i don't know if you did i don't know why i was there but i know i like i ended up there yeah i might have been talking to our past roommate and been like what's a good jam to go to um but uh yeah i remember walking in there and terrified it's funny, too, to look at now that in my Nashville history, the pre-pandemic is going to be 
a different chapter than whatever this chapter is. Yeah. We're, we're already knee deep in this chapter. We're I, a year deep in it. I think we're entering in a new phase though of, of this chapter of the pandemic chapter. I think we're, we're closing one book and entering another. I think it's about to be different, but it's going to be what it is. I agree. That's why I, I just was feeling a lot the past couple of weeks, especially after we did the session with Josh I wanted to get back out there and play again, and I don't care what it is. I just need to be on stage playing for people and trying to make some money doing that. Yeah. It's time to, if I had to leave Nashville or if I moved away or something like that, I would sorely regret not having one of my jobs be playing down on Broadway, playing covers down on Broadway. It feels like a rite of passage. I've wanted to do that for a long time now as well. I would say like... I remember coming here when I was 12 and seeing him play. I mean, it was a lot different back then, but like when I was 12, seeing all the musicians down there and I was like, man, I hope that's me one day, you know? And then when I moved here, I'd seen how big it was. And like, that's still a dream of mine as well is to either be doing that or playing like with a band that's playing, you know, tour in town or whatever. Yeah. I, mine too. I mean, now if, if I had the chance to do it, I really would. And most of the time I just feel this, overwhelming fear and anxiety and i made a list uh on sunday of all the reasons that i couldn't go down there to like talk myself into doing it and i was like well i have a bad shoulder and it's gonna hurt my shoulder to play and what if i don't know any of the songs and i read the charts wrong and i embarrass myself what if i XYZ, fill in the blank, yeah. any any number of things. It, it, I just didn't feel good doing it because I'm like, I'm not a country player. I'm not this. I'm not that. I, I don't like being out late. I like waking up early. I like yada, 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 whatever. So I made all these reasons as to why. And I know that those are all just resistance keeping me from evolving into the next stage of things. Yeah, And I also feel... I've been writing a lot lately, like a lot of music lately. Mm -hmm. And whenever I'm writing a lot, I typically don't focus as much on bass. So I don't know how to really blend those two because they're two different parts of my brain. Oh, yeah. Like writing and then straight up just being mm -hmm. a bass player or a hired gun. Yeah. Which I love both of them. They're equally as important to me. You know, it, it, like playing bass is ground level. The reason that I'm in Nashville, it all started with that. And then the pr producing and the songwriting and all the other things were always things that I was interested in. Like I wrote a ton of songs before I came to Nashville, but I wasn't like a, and I'll never be a Nashville songwriter. Mm -hmm. That's not me. I just write my own tunes and no one, no one's going to ever like hire me to be the singer of their band or they'll maybe hire me for a producer as a bass player. But I've always compared it to like Quentin Tarantino. The only people that the movies he act, like he only acts in movies that he writes and directs. He writes scenes for himself, or he'll be in like his friends' movies. Yeah, but no one's gonna hire him as an actor. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah, a lot of your music relates to him as well. So <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, that, that works out. <laughs> But yeah, man, I feel that sometimes. And I feel like this whole this whole conversation is is basically every, or I would say most, uh, musician's mindset at some point in time. Like feelings of doubt or 
you know, what if I fuck this up? What if I don't know the songs? I'm not really this. I'm not really that. Yeah, that's those all, are all just that's, lies. That's all. Yeah, that's all just ways to to bitch out at the end of the day. Yeah, but um, that's what I was trying you know, to do. I you, give you a lot of shit, Millhouse. I give you a lot of shit, right? Yeah, <laughs> but I'm equally as guilty. I'm equally as guilty. Every time I've given you shit about something, it's because either I've given myself shit about it or someone gave me shit about it. Yeah, dude. I mean... Because I can smell it because I know what it's like. I feel those same fucking feelings every day. Not as big as they used to be. Like, this this was a big step for me to even just make the effort. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I remember when you weren't even coming out of your room when we lived at the old place. So, yeah. I mean, this is huge. But, yeah, I, I have trouble doing that. That's why, I like, I don't know. See, the whole parking thing is like, like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Those are, those are all just lies. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Which ways for us to, to fuck with ourselves. Yeah. But people are down there, and they're playing, which proves it can be done. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, they, they ended up there. Yeah. So, I mean, we can too. I mean, like, I, I've always want you know, like, my big thing is like, oh, what if I'm not good enough, you know, like this. But, like, I know I could, you know, if I had a chance, I could make it down there. Yeah. For sure. You know, and play covers with a band. Well, we got some momentum. Mm-hmm. Or we were trying to gain some momentum last year around this very time. Yeah. When we tried to start that cover band so we could start playing down there. And what happened was pandemic first tornado (laughs) tornado. It's the one year anniversary of the tornado. That was a year ago now. Yeah. Sometimes I forget about that somehow because so much has happened since then. Like, you know, but, uh, yeah, like I remember me and you talking about it last year and then, um, then everything happened and we couldn't, but I I really want to get into that as well. Um, Yeah. We got, we got a lot of music blue balls last year. Yeah. Everything we tried to do, we struck out doing. I'm really tired of changing oil. It's time to make some money at this shit. <laughs> I agree, dude. I agree 100%. Here is a song called Senator's Daughter. I wrote this when I was in Colorado. I started it and I finished it when I moved back to Maine. It's just an instrumental demo. Kind of influenced by Dr. Dre and also Arctic Monkeys. I tried to do something merging the two. I was listening to a lot of both of them at the time. So here it is. Thank you. 
And we are back. We watched a great documentary a couple of nights ago, Killing is Easy, about Patrice O'Neal. We did. It was awesome. I loved that. R.I.P. He's one of the Mm all-time greats. It was kind of sad to watch because I feel like Patrice would be an important guy today. Oh, yeah. He would be very anti-cancel culture. Here's the thing, though, dude. Here's what makes him special. Okay? And I realized that. And and there's a, a few people I know like this. He would not be able to be canceled today. No one could cancel him. Well, he's like Joey Diaz. Yeah, he's like Joey Diaz. No one could cancel him and because, like... He didn't give a fuck. He didn't give a fuck, and he has this likableness to him, and he's saying the truth, but in a different way. Yeah. You know? Everything he says is the truth, but in a different way. Yeah. It's a way to make you hate him and like him at the same time. Well, it's a <laughs> no-punches-pulled version of the truth. Yeah. The ugliness of it. There's yeah. th- there's a lot of um, great older episodes of Opie and Anthony when P- Patrice comes in and he talks about women and dating mm-hmm. and sex and uh, female callers call into the show and they try to give him shit and he just shuts them down. It's hilarious. Yeah. But I recommend going to check that out. It's really good. Yeah. I, I watched his, uh, his stand-up last night. What did um, you think? Which one was it? Elephant in the Room? Mm-hmm. Elephant in the Room. It's on YouTube. Uh, check it out. I, I couldn't find it on any other streaming, but it was on YouTube. I thought it was great. I thought it was awesome. I like how he interacts with the crowd constantly. Like, he talks to people, and that's like, it, it, it works so well. Well, he's a New York comic, and that's like the New York comic style is, is a little bit of crowd work. Yeah. He started out in Boston, so he's a East Coast, East Coast boy. <laughs> As Zach and I say, um, but yeah, he's he's really good. It was it was interesting to kind of see how he started up, and when he first started, him and Bill Burr were good buddies. Mm-hmm. I, I I wish that I could uh, could know his uh, his take on what's going on today. Oh, dude, I would love that so much. With everything, with like it. he would be talking about everything. Oh, he yeah. would have talked about me too. Yeah, he would have talked about. Um, like the transgender athlete thing. Yeah. He would have talked about Caitlyn Jenner continuously. I'm sure he would have talked about Kanye West and the Kardashians and that whole saga. Dude, it would, it would be great. He would have been a very important voice. I feel like he would have been much, much bigger than... like I feel like he was right on that line. of of Now, if he were around today, he would be blowing up right now mm-hmm. he wouldn't be quite joe rogan level but i predict that he would have a podcast and it would be huge it'd probably be bigger than like your mom's house and stuff i'd say it'd be on your mom's house level at it least. would be it would be on that level for sure yeah. dude it, it would be great to hear what he has to say i i, I really do wish that was happening it's, it's a travesty it, it sucks that he's gone um but dude he was so funny like um and the movie was really good, too. I, I knew we were watching a documentary, so I didn't know what to think about it, you know? I knew who Patrice O'Neill was. Like, we had watched some of his stuff at, like, Josh's or, like, just sitting Zach's. around. Yeah, Zach's. Um, but it was it was great. Um, yeah. Yeah. This podcast is produced to you by Taylor Miller.